G'day everyone and welcome to another edition of Tuesday Night Live brought to you of course by Crowcast. Uh, another big week in the AFL, lots to talk about, lots to talk about with the Crows. We've got the mid-season draft coming up of course, a few selection worries and injury problems at the Crows and also our deep dive into Crows, uh, well sorry, South Australian draft hopeful uh, Arlo Draper. So after that ridiculous intro that I completely stuffed up, let's get right into it shall we? Welcome everyone to another edition of Crowcast Tuesday Night Live. Uh, hopefully uh, everyone's warm and safe if you're listening to us from Victoria, of course. I hope you're all well over there and uh, all the very best to everyone listening to us in Victoria. Peter, how are you? Very well, thanks mate. Thanks for having me on again this week and uh, look forward to another uh, 45 minutes or so of uh, good Crows Ooh. footy chat. Just just set the uh, set the expectation early there, <laughs> Pete, didn't you? <laughs> Well, you know, I'm, I, if we drift to an hour, look, you know, who, who are we to uh, who are we to argue? Yeah, well, there's a bit to unpack tonight, but uh, we'll zip through it. Of course, uh, g'day to everyone who's joined us on Discord and YouTube and Twitch. Of course, uh, if you want to get us around, get around us on Discord. Uh, head to the Crowcast YouTube channel. There, there's a nice little video on how to get amongst us on Discord. It's great, not only on uh, on live streams, but also during the week and on game day as well. There's some fantastic chat there, um, all uh, all good natured and some pretty good comments going on. Also, if you are in Discord, don't forget about our suggestion box. And also, if you want to support us, uh, there's plenty of instructions in the support channel on how you can go about doing that. All that out of the way, Peter. What do you think about the weekend, first of all? Oh, look, I was, um, as I have been all year, pretty pretty positive uh, about the game. And I think that it's very, very easy when you have such a, an incredible game against the Ds the week before. And we had that in, you know, epic last quarter. Yeah. And then from that epic last quarter, we launched straight into the quarter that we saw in the first quarter yeah. on Sunday. And I know that... And this is not a criticism of, of fans generally because we're all the same. We At quarter time, we're suddenly just taking a sneaky look at the AFL ladder thinking, oh, <laughs> gee, yeah. we just got to... Actually, if we just... You know, well, we're going to roll Richmond today and if we <laughs> just... We, you know, we're only percentage in a game outside. Of, maybe we could make the... And it's a yep. natural thing. It's a it perfectly is a natural, natural thing. And you, that that and and then but then what happens is is that you get brought back with a thud to the fact that you know we are a rebuilding team, but um, you, you know we see enough. I think we've certainly seen enough this year that we can be very very positive. And and you know we're, we're within nine. I mean that. Um, let me just go back to, to Richmond themselves. I mean that was a that was a year game for them. I mean yeah. they'd lost that game. They they're, they're struggling to make the eight. And hundred yep, percent. They, they won't. They rushed back some big name players for that game. That was they penciled that in. That was a must win, 
And so you're up against a team like Richmond in a must-win game for them, and you're only nine points down into the last quarter. That's right. I mean, and it's, a great, it's, a great, it's a great performance. And look, the first quarter showed that um, teams don't have to be very far off um, for us to be able to take advantage of it at the moment. Melbourne, I think the previous week, played a little bit uh, like uh, uh, millionaires and, and got found out. Uh, Richmond were in danger of doing the same, but uh, were able to steady the ship um, beforehand. Uh, so, uh, but you know, we're not far off. Just feeding back in through your headphones, there, Pete. Um, Sorry, you're right. So, uh, you know, we're not far off the mark, and it's just a matter of getting games into players, in my opinion. You know, we, to my mind, to my mind, watching us against Richmond. Uh, the only thing that was really missing was about thirty games more experience. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. It's a, it, yeah, there's some some really um, really good performances from from the kids uh, that uh, that played well. And in, a, in in as I said, it was a high pressure game. It was a, it was a must win game. And so you know, even you know, I look at um, the experience that Riley got going into the ruck in that last quarter. Mm. I mean, when, when there was only nine points of difference and. Yeah, the matches on the line. I love the fact that he was in the ruck. Yeah, you know, he he got you know they won the next couple of clearances and he got beaten. Well, it's okay. He's an eighteen-year-old kid. He's played five games. Exactly. He'll, you know that that's that's what you're trying to do. You're trying to get that kind of experience into the kids. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what we're trying to achieve at the moment. And uh, you know, lots to like. Um, look. Uh, there's a few people uh, on the stage at the moment. I'm not sure whether you're using headphones or speakers there, Pete, but it is feeding back a little bit. I don't know whether you need to just move the mic away a little bit. Um, is that better? Is yeah. That better? Yeah, I think that's yeah, better. Yeah, sorry. No, that's okay. Sorry. I don't know what was causing it. Um, look, we've got eight, eight people in the live studio there, so if anyone wants to get on and have their say... Of course, Tuesday night's all about interaction. We love to have people on deck. Uh, we had a few on Sunday night, and it's uh, always great to hear from you. So don't be shy. Stick your virtual hand up, and uh, we'll get you on during the course of the show. Now, Peter, let's just start off with uh, some injury news. And, of course, uh, young Sam Berry looks like he's going to be out for the week, uh, obviously with a concussion. Uh, they are still saying that he's... Uh, Subject to the clinical assessment, so uh, you would think that he wouldn't be up this week. No, no, he'll uh, he'll be out in accordance with the protocols. Yeah, so there'll be no way that he'll play this week. And yep. he's a, look, he's a young kid in his first year. They're not going to mess with him. Do you know? I actually thought he might have been due a break anyway. Um, you know, it's a big stretch that he's played since round one as a as a as a draftee. He's come in and hit the ground running, played all the. Uh, Pre-season games, played every round this season, basically. So he probably will benefit, I think, from having a little rest. I think so. I'm sure he wouldn't have wanted the sore head, but, you know, there you go. Um, Daniel Tarley is a bit of a worry. Still got soreness. Um, so uh, I don't... I'm starting to wonder whether we actually will see Daniel back this year, Pete. Well, it, it's it, it's looking like we're not because he's going to need you know probably what two to four weeks in the twos, you know even if he yeah. gets back in the next four weeks. Yeah. So um, you know we're not going to see him at best until the last couple of two or three rounds, I think. Yeah. That, that's on that's on a, on a good case scenario. Yeah. Um, Marky's saying in chat apparently Talia might be in soon. Well, according to the website, 
uh, and the report out today. Um, he's had a, another setback. He's still suffering from soreness. So, uh, yeah, don't think so. Uh, Lockie Murphy, better news. Uh, good progress from his syndesmosis injury, of course. Um, he's out of the moon boot and looking to commence running uh, on the treadmill at least next week. So, But again, I still think he's probably, what, six weeks at least, you'd think? I can't, yeah. And again, all of these players, you're tacking another couple of weeks at least onto that to get yeah. themselves match fit for, uh, for AFL football. Because yeah. none of those guys are the kind of guys that, you know, they're not like a cotchen where you're saying, right, you're straight back in. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Tommy Lynch uh, still uh, in, in in a similar time frame to um, Murphy by the looks of it. Lockie Gallant uh, begins training again with the group this week, which is good after that. I don't know what he stuck his finger in, but he made a bloody mess of it. Whatever he did <laughs> was a tendon oh, rupture. Well, I've had a tendon rupture myself just by a uh, indoor cricket ball hitting the end of the finger. And uh, it bloody la- it like it carries on for a while. So uh, I'm not surprised he's been out for a few. But good to see him back on deck. Um, Matty Crouch um, obviously uh, recuperating after groin surgery. So look, not much has changed apart from the addition of Sam Berry into that uh, onto that injury list, and he'll only be short term. Of course, we got the uh, we got the buy coming up too in a couple of weeks. Um, so aside from the uh, known injuries, it looks like a full list. No other injuries sustained from the Richmond game. So uh, that leads us into a quick chat about selection, Peter. Um, I didn't mind the balance, actually, against Richmond. Um, but uh, coming up against Collingwood this week, I just wonder whether they might have a think about Nick Murray's position. Yeah. I think that they might, and because there's just not the um, the and particularly also Grundy's now is out as well. Yeah, not that Murray plays in the ruck, but you know it's another tool that they're going to have to cover, and yeah. so you would think that they'll be going relatively mobile forward line. So I think that Nick might be in a, in a little bit of trouble there, um, just for matchups. Yeah, so he may well be one that way, and yeah. you've got obviously Will Hamill, um, who's looking to uh, push back in the side. Andrew McPherson, another, uh, you know, probably best player um, for the Sandful. Yeah. So he, I think, would be pushing as well. So, But I think that probably on balance that they'll give that to Hamill. And the other one, of course, is Barry. I really hope they bring Ryan O'Connor back in for Sam Barry as a like-for-like uh, swap. Yeah. I think Ronan had another pretty decent game. I think he had 21 odd possessions, a few clearances and uh, six or seven tackles as he usually does. And so he's a kid for me that has done nothing wrong at all, had been in good form, and I don't think he was treated particularly well. But, uh, you know, he obviously went back and still played pretty well on on Saturday. So I would really like to see him recall. Well, that's on on the back of a bit of a disjointed fortnight too. You only played half a game against West Coast and then had a medical sub spot that... uh, So, you know, Um, I guess... The own, there's a couple of ones. Do we see any possibility of Josh Worrell getting a run? Yeah, you know, I'd love Josh Worrell to get a run, but as always, we have to try and fit him in. The only, I, I, I don't know, I didn't uh, hear the um, the rap on, on Sunday, but uh, I, I was really disappointed in Chase's game. I, I thought he had a poor mm. game. Mm. And, um, so whether they allow him to continue... 
and to try and get him settled in that role will be interesting to see. Yeah. So, but for me, he, he's one that could easily come out. Now, the other one that I think is probably, you know, possibly under the gun would be Shane McAdam. Yes. He had a, another, he's had a couple of disappointing games. So well, that's what I'm sure wondering where... about Worrell because Worrell can play up forward um, as well. And I just wonder whether they might try and sneak him in as a bit of a, sw- a swing man. Um, yeah. Uh, it's a good opportunity against a lesser opposition. He certainly, I mean, his form may have tapered somewhat, but he's had a good start to the season overall and probably been unlucky a couple of times just with matchups and and team balance um, not to get a run. I'd really like to see them sneak him in for a game or two before the bye. Um, And I think we've got an opportunity. Uh, McAdam's giving us absolutely nothing at the moment and needs to go back to the twos to recapture not only his offensive form but also his defensive work as well. And uh, maybe maybe in the absence of um, any other real medium-size player, maybe Josh Worrell's worth sticking in. Um, Pete, the other one, or there's a couple... um, David McKay showed that he played his one good game for the season against Melbourne. I thought he was terrible against Richmond. Um, yeah. But I know that they'd be loath to drop him. <laughs> um, yeah. But Lockie Scholl looks a bit tired and sore to me as well, and I just wonder whether they might consider giving him a bit of a rest. There's a few. I think they just look a little bit, a little bit sore. Yeah. Uh, and he's yeah. certainly one of them. So... I guess then you, if you if you want to if you want to rest Lockie Scholl, I mean, look, really for me, the only guys that are performing at a level that you think could potentially come in would be um, McPherson, McPherson, uh, Hamill off the sub bench, yeah, uh, uh, O'Connor, Hately, and Worrell. So they're they're really the the, the only ones you would think were in, in any kind of position to yeah to push the selection. Yeah, so I'm not quite. Yeah, he, maybe where you could perhaps give Haitley a run in Scholl's position, perhaps giving a little bit of outside time, yeah. uh, which he seems yeah. to appreciate. That's a potential, I think. Yeah. Um, the chat's asking who we play under Goy. Uh, J Mac said Brown. I, I'd be inclined uh, to run uh, uh, Andy McPherson with him if he does get a run uh, first up. I think Goy might be a little bit strong for Brown aerially. What do you think? Yeah, I think um, I, I think that probably Jake would, would be would get first go oh, yeah. to Goey. It's just yeah. a, a little bit better matchup, I think. And they tend to get any any. We seem to give Jake the job on any of the opposition's, you know, what you would call star, yeah. medium, boys sort of forward. So yeah. he seems to be the, the go to defender. So I would think Jake Kelly would be on to Goey. Uh, so, you know, interesting. Uh, I think they were right to stick basically with the 22 that beat Melbourne. Um, but I, yep. like you, I've just observed a little bit of tiredness from some of our younger blokes. Um, and it might just be an opportunity. We've got Collingwood and then uh, who else is that? St Kilda after that, maybe. I think we've, we've yeah. got a couple of games that are that are, you know, not against top four teams, which is handy, but an opportunity just to sneak a couple in before the bye. Then I'm yep. really, I really would like to see Josh Worrell get a run. I think he's deserved it. Yeah. Um, and I reckon there, there's a... There we say body of work. Yeah, yeah, the old uh, Rising Star Body of Work nomination. Uh, 
Right, so anything else about selection? I think that's pretty much it. Yeah, no, I think that, that pretty much covers it. And I think, there, it, we, you know, I think we've sort of run through the guys that are potentially knocking on the door and the guys that uh, that could possibly um, come out. So, yeah, that, that pretty much covers it, I think. I think that, that will, it'll come from that group of people. Yeah, I think so. Now, uh, as mentioned earlier, we've got eight people in the live studio uh, audience there. So if any one of you guys wants to come in and have your say about selection or non-selection or anything else to do with what we're talking about or anything really... Um, Stick your hand up and uh, we'll get you on board. And uh, you've seen from previous streams how easy it is to get on board and have a bit of a chat. Now, Peter, uh, I thought, well, we've got the mid-season draft coming up this week, which uh, is a bit of an interesting uh, aside. Now, I must admit, I haven't really been uh, across a lot of what's going on, but I thought I'd just get your thoughts on what I think uh, our need might be before we actually look at individuals. Yeah, I, I'm not a great fan of. I mean, we I, I see that we've nominated one pick, so we've only got one pick yeah. in this. And I just I don't think our need is another, you know, relatively average, hard trying midfielder. I, I really don't. Hmm. So I, well, I that's... don't. That's Oliver um, Davis you're talking about Davis, there in particular. Yeah, yeah. So I don't, I, I wouldn't be wanting to, now I think that, you know, we've got him over here and we're playing him in the sample team. So that's sort yeah. of all, all the arrows point to us taking him. For me, uh, I would think this should be a bit of a free hit. I think we should be looking at a development uh, mm. player. And so I, I would like us to say, let's just take a big ruckman. There's about four or five of them. Yes. In around about the top 20 yes. in this draft. And, I and would, they're in I high demand like to too, take, actually. Yep. Yep. I would like to see us take a big ruckman. And in particular, I'm trying to think of the guy's name, but uh, there's a guy who's got a volleyball background and he's about 210 centimetres and 104 kilos. Yeah, right. And um, he, he, he's, he's massive. Small he's got a, a Russian name, and I, Alex... Oh, that's that. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me find it. Um, oh, I had it just there a minute ago, and I've lost it. But yeah, that I guy. had it as well. But the device I was using, I think, was causing the feedback, so I uh, killed it. Uh, Alex Murkoff. That's the one. Yeah, the sons are like sons are quite keen. Two hundred and ten centimeters, hundred and four kilos. Project Ruckman. He um, they play, He played in a VFL game. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, and got like something like thirty-eight hit outs. Yeah, right. So, um, I'd like I'd like to say, look, you know, we don't need to be. This is not the time for trying to just put more average players on our list. I think it's this is a time to say, a bit of a free hit. Who's somebody that we can grab that we can actually, you know, look to as a as a project? Yeah. Put them at the bottom of the list and just say, go out in the SNFL and start playing some football and see what you can do. Yeah, um, the only With other no lad, the only other lad that I would consider looking at is the lad from Sturt, who's very quick, uh, Johnson. Um, I know there's a bit of um, uh, sorry, Ash Johnson. Ash Johnson, yeah, yeah. Um, just because I feel like we might be a little bit one pace. The, the worry, of course, is that you bring a lad in like that, he might 
takes six months to acclimatise and you get no value out of him. Um, yep. But I don't know. He's, he's, I reckon if he doesn't get picked up, he might actually go sneaky late in the uh, national draft at the end of the year. Hadn't had a bad yeah, season. Um, so uh, there's a bit there. Look, personally, I, I don't mind the idea of a ruck, um, but I'm worried about McAdam's spot, Pete. And I just wonder whether there's an option there to try and take some sort of a medium-sized forward um, with a bit of toe well, I and think, can take a grab. Yeah, I think there's a really, really strong option for us in the national draft coming up. And I, it's one of the kids I'm going to cover and yep. I'm, who I'm really excited about. Yeah. And I think we really, I, and I think you're absolutely spot on. Is one position. McAdams 25. Yeah. And we, you know, I think that we need someone developing in that role, and um, and and I think you know. Um, so the the kid that I would really like to pick up is Morgan Ferres in the um, he'll be in the national draft. Yeah, I think that we'll have an opportunity there, and I'll I'll do a deep dive on him as the weeks go by. Yeah, but he he's a kid who's one ninety. I think he's actually I think he's one ninety one. He has got a huge leap, and he has got. A massive, massive engine, and he can just uh, he can just run all day. And yeah. uh, he's got absolute vice for hands. That's exactly what we want in that spot. I, I'm I'm starting to lose. Um, like I love what McKinnon can do. He's got talent to burn, and he's got some tricks that uh, you know uh, just off the charts. But his lack of consistency and his like he only had three touch three handballs last week. He just yeah, he just c- can't get that sort of an output and you know you could argue that he's fighting fighting for lead-ups with Tex and Fogarty well he's just got to make that work you know they've got to be able to make that work for him and at the moment I just don't think uh it is working for him uh Patrick in the chat wonders whether he might be a trade option I think he is a trade option uh to be perfectly honest with you um and unfortunately it looks like um Ben Davis isn't going to make it um you know, through partly his own performance, but probably also, I think, mismanagement by the club. He needed a run in the ones that yeah. he just didn't get. And I, th- I, th- I just think maybe the opportunity's passed for Ben. Um, Great. So, I was a fan of his, as you know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We both were. And I, I've been disappointed with how we treated that, that crop of, of picks through those years, you know, um, Gallucci and and those blokes and and he fits in amongst that as well Ben Davis I just think he was poorly served by the previous administration and and it's a shame but I think we have yep. to move on from him and uh, like you said Ferris and one or two others there's a there's a Vic lad that whose yep. name escapes Actually, me that um, is pretty good in that space as well I'll give you a little tip just a little anecdote if I've got a quick minute yeah sure so I was. I was a, I was around the school footy traps as you know. I always get around the uh, the school footy games yep. and chatting to a recruiter who, who was out there and um, he uh, his words on Morgan Ferez were he said that when he said when Morgs takes a mark he said that ball hitting his hands makes a sound that's different to any other sound he's heard <laughs> from a kid that age. Yeah, right. It is a it's just a clunking yep. smack sound that it just gets in the vice and that's it. So anyway, yeah. I'll leave you with that one. No, 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 that's exciting, and uh, that's the type of player that we need in that spot. Because not forgetting, um, Tex has only got a year or two left. 
you know, it might be his last year this year or he might have one more, but we are going to need someone to support Fogarty, assuming Fogarty um, keeps improving the way he appears to be, albeit slowly. But, you yep. know, if Fog doesn't come on and Tex, uh, you know, falls off the cliff, as he will eventually, you know, potentially we've we've got no lead-up forwards. We've got no medium forwards. Uh, so, Tommy, and, Tommy, Tommy Lynch is in the, in the twilight. So. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I, you know, so there is, there is a... Um, there is a, a, a need there, um, you know. Yeah, and that's definitely. why I'm a little bit. In, that's why I'm a little bit interested about Josh Worrell up forward. Mm. Um, Pete, yeah, no, good point. Um, good point. Because he's a good size, uh, he attacks the ball well. He seems to read the play fairly well, and he has played uh, footy up forward. So, yeah, who knows? I don't know. Um, anyway, we'll see. So, I mean, really. I don't like the mid-season draft, to be honest with you. I, I think it's, I think it's, um, I don't know. I, I just think it's a waste. If if, if teams can't manage their squads um, with a national draft and a pre-season draft, I don't see why they need a mid-season draft. No. And I don't think it really makes. No. I think it gives blokes, it takes blokes out of a system that is working for them. And puts them in a system where they won't get a look in, most likely, unless they're being drafted as a ready-made replacement, such as a ruckman for the Suns. Um, and it almost does them a disservice, in my opinion. Yeah, I think you're right. So uh, we'll see what that, what, uh, how that trans. Now, when is that? That's uh, uh, that's tomorrow. Tomorrow, six thirty uh, um, Eastern time. So uh, we'll. Have uh, have our questions answered in twenty four hours time, Peter? Now, no one on the chat is putting their hands up because they're all soft as butter. But that's right. Uh, if you do, um, anyone that's in the live show chat too, if you can duck down to the Crows chat channel and just drag those people up. There's a few people in there that uh, are probably wondering where everyone else is. But if you are in the live studio audience. And you do have a comment about selection or mid-season draft or anything else uh, Crows-related, then um, please put your hand up and uh, we'll get around it. Now, there wasn't anywhere near as much tribunal argy-bargy this week as there was previous week. Uh, very quiet. Very, uh, very quiet. <laughs> Thankfully, none of our lads were uh, incurred the wrath, and there didn't seem to be any con- real controversial ones either. No. Um, but I am in the throes, Peter, of putting together a, another uh, little video uh, that should hit uh, hit YouTube probably Thursday. Uh, and it's highlighting incorrect disposal in the game between the Crows and the and the Tigers last week, Peter. Bad was that? Oh my goodness me! And I'm telling you, I'm half. I'm probably oh, just under two thirds of the way through the vision. And I'm up to 17. And they're not iffies. They're they're definite. And there's a couple from the of the crows as well. But there's um, yeah, so far 17 examples of either blatant throws or incorrect disposal out of tackles where you couldn't class it as ball knocked free. And it's just absolutely disastrous. And I know we go. Oh, I don't want to spend a hell of a lot of time on it. But Jesus Christ, it's hard to love the game when they umpire it like they did last week against us. Yeah, 
Yeah, and yet, you know, we could just see it all coming, couldn't we, after what happened against Melbourne. It just seemed like it was just destined. Destined. Yeah. So yeah, predictable. It, yeah, like you said, predictable. It, when You know, we get the rub of the green once every 30-odd years, uh, and it's usually followed up by a couple of howlers, and uh, Jesus, I, not for one minute am I saying that it costs us the game. But it no. makes it makes the spectacle almost unwatchable um, because it just it's so frustrating. You can't enjoy the football because the umpiring itself is killing it. And I don't know. Look, I know umpiring is a difficult thing, and I know that the rules are terribly infuriating in terms of being grey. But shit, some of them are just like, have you not actually ever played or watched a game of football before, umpire? Like, just no feel whatsoever. No. And then, and then, just a couple of minutes later, they ping Ned McHenry for the, you know, oh, for the same thing. I mean, it's just outrageous, it was horrific, horrific. And then the Murray deliberate, I that made me laugh. Oh my goodness, that made me laugh. Oh. It's like, serious. Is that oh. the square? Is that the square up? That's the square. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> Do you know what this plays? It plays into your theory that AFL really is entertainment. It's theatre. God, yeah. And that that was just that was pure pantomime. They would have been just looking for yeah. Nick to have disposed the ball near the boundary line, oh, and they would yeah. be under instructions. Yeah. Run in and pay that big deliberate. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it would have absolute theatre pantomime. It was. Well, it's interesting hearing Razor Ray's thoughts. Uh, Razor Ray, one of our uh, stalwarts who lives in the US, hearing his thoughts about the umpiring standard. And he made a very good point on the weekend that there's no other professional sport that I can think of that tolerates such disastrous officiating. If that level of officiating had occurred in in an NFL game or in in a Premier League soccer game, that um, that those umpires would never umpire again. It just wouldn't be accepted. And yet with the AFL, it's not only tolerated, but they continually tweak rules, uh, as you say, to orchestrate um, and manipulate the game to produce a product. They keep talking about product. Um, The integrity Mm. of the competition should be uh, the primary focus, but... It seems that the product, the television product, is is paramount, and the, the integrity of the sport is secondary. And it, it really, it it's sad. It, re- I mean, umpiring has been a, a, an issue ever since I've been alive, and it always will be. But I think in the current day and age, there's never been at least like you can cop an umpire making a, a bad decision on occasions, but. The way the game is actually interpreted changes from week to week and moment to moment, and that's the most frustrating thing for me, because even even thirty year football fans can hardly understand it at times. Mm. Anyway, I'd like to know which uh, which international sporting body in around the globe has a um, rules of the game committee. <laughs> that, that made, uh, Who's the rules of the game committee in soccer? They'd be they wouldn't have much to do. They'd be at cobwebs around the desk, I reckon. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I know. I said the other a... thing. Means. Sorry, go on. Sorry, I was going to say, you know, if I was if I was the umpire that called that um, non-deliberate out of bounds call for Nick Murray against Melbourne, 
I'd be in the AFL's office today saying, why was I publicly humiliated? 100%. And why was the, and why was the umpire in the Jack Rewalt one? Why does he get off scot-free? Yeah, that Jack Rewalt one was terrible. In terms of having a feel for the game and understanding what the player's doing, to, be, to, to allow a player to get tackled, to, to drop the ball onto the ground and then flail his arms back and basically fall back into the tackler, to fall for two or three different areas where he's clearly staged for a free and to not pay the incorrect disposal at the very outset. That's four mistakes that that umpire made in that one little moment. I mean, he shouldn't be umpiring this week. Anyway, let's move on from that. We have um, a young man to talk about, um, Peter, and uh, the stage is yours. Thanks, mate. Well, now our road, or our crowed, I should say, sorry, our crowed to the draft, we're talking tonight about the third in the trio of South tall goal-kicking midfielders in Arlo Draper. Now, Arlo is, um, he has got, I can tell you, he has got quite a following. He's got, a, there's a lot of love out there amongst draft watchers for Arlo. And um, he, he is uh, clearly, uh, he's the, of the three, he's the one that would get the least uh, recognition or publicity. Mm. We all talk about and Roberts. Arlo is just uh, quietly going along and, and, and plying his, his trade. But the reason... Uh, that he has got a lot of love and a lot of interest out there is that probably the most, um, the description I hear the most about Arlo is intriguing. I think he's yep. intriguing. And there's a reason for that, Fane. And we talked about, when we talked about Horn and Roberts, we talked about the two different midfield families, didn't we? We talked about the Dusty Martin family That's and right. we talked about the Sam Walsh family. Yeah. Arlo Draper is a distant relative of the Dusty Martin family. Okay. Yeah. He's 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 you know in in the words of the oh. immortal George Costanza. Sorry. You're right. Go on. Yep. Go in the, on. When George Costanza goes in and says, "Oh, I need something a little less expensive." So <laughs> yeah. Arlo is is the kid you're talking about. That's a fantastic analogy. That's perfect. You can't afford horn, and so and but there's a reason for that thing. He's very much an unfinished product. So he's not he's, he's not you know. But the thing about Arlo is that he is that he is that kid who has burst away from the stoppage. Okay, so he has genuine speed around the yep. stoppage. Yeah, he has some, he has some real evasion tricks. Um, he's got you know good disposal. He's a very very good mark drifting towards goal. Kicks a lot of goals for a midfielder. Yeah, and. If you look around the, you know, around the traps in terms of, you know, how he's viewed, he's viewed as a player with a lot of upside, okay? Mm. But he's just not the finished product, and so he's not going to go in that top 10, okay? So he is a um, – I would say that, you know, he's, he, he could go anywhere between 15 to 25, I reckon, yep. around about yep. that range. I, so I, I reckon, reckon he's, he's probably – I reckon he – I reckon he might slip. I'm thinking he could. twenty. I'm thinking twenty to thirty is his go. Yeah, which is right now wheelhouse he, he absolutely for that second could. round pick. Yep, he absolutely could, and he, and look, he could be in our wheelhouse for the for the uh, for the Melbourne second round pick that we've got. Yeah. depending yeah. on how that ends up, you know, he could slip down there. Yeah, he'll go. Someone will pick him. He will be picked. 
it's going to be a matter of where, and um, and it's because he's that he's he's still a bit raw and and unfinished. But you know, he's had a really really solid SNFL under eighteen season. You know, mm. he's uh, he he consistently gets above twenty touches, five or six clearance, and he's leading that South team now. That you know, Roberts and Horn are both gone. That's right. Yeah. So he's so he's now the main man. So he's actually getting some quite good exposure and experience in terms of being the main man. Okay. Yeah. So. He missed a game through injury to, uh, a week ago and got absolutely, South got absolutely annihilated, uh, which is unusual because they're quite a good side. Mm. But he was back He was back for them against Centrals in the weekend and um, and led them to a victory and, you know, 27 disposals and a number of clearances. And so he's, you know, he's, he is now the heart and soul of that South under-18 team. Yeah. So he's getting, you know, really good experience in that sense. And there's no question that he'll be in the under-19 under champs team. So he will be one of those, in a you know, it, there'll be a group of midfielders looking for, um, um, uh, you know, midfield time in those games, and uh, no doubt he'll get he'll get a crack. So it's going to be really interesting that how he goes in the shadow of his uh, his teammates from down south. Yeah, he's um, he's a very interesting prospect, and how they play him in the champs uh, fascinates me because I'm not sure whether they'll run him in the midfield that much. I have a feeling they might use him as a bit of an X factor up forward. To be honest with you, and yeah. the reason why I say that is because of his overhead strength. He's quite good overhead. He's a really good size, and uh, I reckon they might try and play him on the outside and uh, maybe up forward a bit. I would like to see him yeah. get get a run through the middle though, because I, I think we need to see what he can do in that space. To be honest, yeah. No, I think you're right. I think that. It is every chance because he takes such a good mark up forward, and because he's a regular goal kicker. Excuse me. There's every chance that they'll uh, they'll push him up forward. Yeah. You know, and he's like the other two. He's a good size. He's 185. Yeah. And whereabouts? He's a really good size, and he'll be a real problem. He'll be a real problem for yeah. uh, for opposition team. Yeah. If you're uh, picking it... him, <clears throat> go on. If you draft, if you're drafting him, you know you've probably got a kid that. You can play forward in that sort of half forward mm. sort of, role, and you can actually, you know, gradually bring him into the midfield. Yeah, but he, but don't be mistaken; he's got some tricks around the stoppage. You know, he's got some real burst away from the stoppage. Yeah, um, and he wins a lot of clearances, and so he's absolutely got midfield to his bow. Yeah, who would you uh, like him to out of the current? Uh... Uh, see, it's a hard one. Uh, Vardy Magic. Uh, no, I wouldn't think he's a. Uh, Braden, Braden's a bit more outside, I think, than Arlo. Arlo's a real, you know, as I said, he, he's a real clearance beast uh, when he gets going, um, whereas Braden's more of a, a wing half forward, I think. Yeah. Uh, oh, who do you remind me? Oh, jeepers. Um, it's a hard one, isn't it? Yeah, I'm just trying to I think myself uh, whether there's I a, really uh, a comparison. Yeah. I can't think but of he, anyone he, off the top got, of my head. You know, he's got burst away from stoppage and he's got tricks away from stoppage i think that you know if he's a kid that if you if you got him into your system and you you know you gave him some time you know he's a kid that has some x factor yeah and he's you know if if I, and you know that i love maddie roberts and roberts will go much higher yeah but if you were looking at ceiling arlo maybe has a higher ceiling yeah yeah maddie roberts is a rolls royce um Arlo could be a Ferrari, but he could be your uh, he could be your uh, Delorean as well. 
<laughs> it's a bit like that, isn't it, for this yeah. particular one? Look, he's 185, midfielder forward, uh, 2021 averages so far. This season, 21 uh, from the first four games anyway, 21.8 disposals, uh, just under 13 kicks and nine handballs, 4.3 marks, 4.3 tackles, six clearances, 3.5 inside midfield, uh, inside 50s, and averaging two goals a game over the first four games. Um, they're the kind of stats that make me wonder about his forward uh, prowess. Um, yep. Maybe a little bit like the, the lad that... Um, that was touted at one stage last year as going number one, probably not the class, but um, Holland, similar kind of player, maybe. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think that that's probably not a yeah. I think that's not a bad, not a bad comparison thing. That's a, that's a pretty good call. It's that that kind of player that yeah. you know had some real forward craft. Yeah, um, yeah. Matty Roberts can absolutely go forward and kick a goal. No question yeah. about that. He'll take. It's a nice little strong overhead mark. Yeah. And he'll kick you a goal. It's a beautiful kick. But I think Arlo's got some real forward craft. <clears throat> and I think that that's why he tends to you know, kick multiple goals pretty regularly. And, you know, to have a to, to have an average of six clearances a game on yeah. top of your two goals a game, that's a pretty handy stat. Well, particularly considering that he's now up against uh, first and second ranked midfielders in the opposition team, whereas previously, you know, as, as you mentioned, he had, you know, Robertson and that taking the, the primary spot. So... You know he's he's leading that team in the midfield now and uh, still racking up those numbers. So it's really good to see. Um, yeah, DLK J two. Thanks uh, watching us on Twitch. Just mentioned that Channel Seven News have said that Collingwood have gotten cleared to play in South Australia. Uh, Sloan Rage is saying that um, they and the AFL have their decision to make on the ground still. So uh, probably a bit to play out there. My gut yeah. feel is that that. Lockdown, unfortunately, for our Victorian listeners, might be extended a day or two, and that's going to yep. that's going to play havoc with the schedule over the next few weeks. Yeah, I think that you know it's going to it's going to be going for a little while yet, and um, look, there's a lot of people suffering over there. And but we, I guess we're talking about football, we're talking about the draft, and I'm yeah. interested to see how the um, the the uh, the NAB league over there coats with that when you've got they've already missed a whole season last year and, and yes. hopefully they're not too affected this year yes. with those boys and their uh, their draft year. Well, it's a big point that you make, Peter, because um, those lads have missed out on on um, on the draft and uh, they haven't had an opportunity to apply their trade that much. And situation if if Victorian junior football is done over again like it was last year, that that's really going to have a massive influence on, on lads' careers, isn't it? Yeah, it really is because, you know, you've got the champs as well. And, yep. um, yeah, so all, all of that stuff. I mean, I, you know, last year our boys were in the spotlight because of that. And so, it, look, you know, hopefully that doesn't happen again. But uh, yeah. um, if it does, well, you know, yeah. we'll just have to, you know, you just draft as best you can. But... We need – Labs is absolutely right. It's a really good point that he makes. We need those fit kids playing so there's not always a spotlight on our kids. Mm. But also, um, you know, we need to see, like, you know, and I've made this – you know, Fiend, we've both made this very clear from the outset that we're, we're being unashamedly parochial talking about our SA boys. But in terms of what, you know, Hamish is looking at, there'd be a whole lot of Victorian kids he's looking at so that, yeah. um, that, that, that may, that, you know, that may well suit our needs better. According yep. to Hamish, so we need those Victorian boys up and running. 
Yeah, and look, the reason why we're looking at SA lads is because they don't seem to get the coverage um, that the Victorians do, and uh, we do. We're very lucky, Pete, uh, with your involvement um, at that level and uh, your vision over that level. So um, you know, it's a great opportunity to showcase uh, what is a really good crop of um, young players. Arlo certainly fits into that crop highly. He's, uh, the third of the three musketeers at South Adelaide. Is there any anyone else at South Adelaide we're going to be looking at over the next couple of months? Probably one or two. Not this year, but the, but next next year I'm a big G for Will Verrill, who's a, a a big ruckman coming out of the South Under 18s. He's in his bottom age year. He'll be draftable next year, and some of the numbers I haven't seen him play personally, yep. but I have heard. And he could be, you know, one of the really one of the great ruckmen of the AFL. I know that's a big call. But he's he, dominating under 18 at the moment, and he will he will lead the ruck at the champs, no, without any shadow of a doubt. Mm. And um, I'm really interested to see how he goes in the champs because uh, if you, I, I mean, you know, um, some of the numbers that that kid puts up, he is phenomenal with the amount of clearances he gets and this amount of possessions and the amount of hitouts. He just does it all. Yeah, right. Okay, that's certainly one. So he's coming. He, yeah, so he's coming out of south. Um, so, but yeah, we've got a few midfielders. But I reckon next week. Fiena, just because we touched on him tonight, I'd really like to have a chat about Morgs yep. next week because he's he's certainly going to be in that top sort of, you know, 20 to 40. Um, and um, I think that he, I, I, I'm the same as you. I thought about it actually a couple of weeks ago and I really it really struck me that I think there's a real hole mm, for us. Is, I think it's yeah. a real need. Yeah. So we, I think we, we need to have a yeah. look at Morgs as that third forward. Yeah, definitely. Um you know, and it's been brought about by McAdams um, just lack of development over the last, you know, six months. Uh, yep. Just not giving us anything and, and nothing really behind him, unfortunately. So, uh, yeah, very good. Peter, as always, very insightful and informative. Thank you for that. Um, we have one or two minutes left. Everyone, if anyone wants to have a quick say before we wrap it up. Now's the time. Uh, Peter, what's your feel about the Collingwood game while uh, we give those people a moment to uh, collect themselves? Uh, um, I don't think we're going to have it all I'll, our own way. Uh, look, I'll just say this. Never, ever underestimate the Crows' ability <laughs> or capacity to lose to Collingwood. Never, ever underestimate yeah, that's that. True. that. Especially over here. Uh, they are the team who has beaten us more times, comfortably more times than any other team in the AFL. We, we, it, they are the, it is the worst record that we've got. Yeah. So they, they are, they stand out alone in terms of how often they've beaten us since our inception. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, no, we're. Um, I would never ever tip us confidently against Collingwood. Right. That said, I do. I would. I would be tipping us this weekend. And they might have Stengel playing for them. He gets picked up tomorrow. There's a bit of talk about Collingwood picking up Stengel. Wouldn't that be funny? That'd be quite interesting, wouldn't it? He'd probably torch us too, kick half a dozen, and uh, <laughs> we'll go down by a point. <laughs> He'll kick one after the siren. Yeah, and, that's uh, right. Uh, look, but like uh, DLKJ says, no Cox, no Grundy, and a couple of others short as well, um, a midfielder that I've forgotten. Um, they're going to be light on, but... Never underestimate the, uh, the Maggies uh, against us, as you said, Pete, especially Adelaide Oval. Look, mate, uh, if, I think that... If just we about... lose, I expect you to open the rap show with that line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I'll probably... I'll, I'll just uh, record that little snippet, mate. 
Um, look, thanks to everyone who's joined us on Discord tonight. It's been great to have you all along on uh, Discord and also um, on YouTube and Twitch as well. Really appreciated your company. Peter, thank you as always. Thanks, mate. We've always done a nice, nice sharp 50 minutes tonight. So uh, look out for uh, for us again on the Weekend Wrap. Someone with J&M on the uh, YouTube chat was saying... When are we on? We're on 7.30 Adelaide time. 7.30 Adelaide time on Sunday nights and 8.30 Adelaide time on Tuesday nights, mate. So get around us. Thanks, everyone, as I said, uh, and uh, stay safe, and we'll see you on Sunday night. Good night, guys. Peace, guys.